Well, this morning, I want us to look at um, David's uh, Psalm in 103, Psalm 103. And um, David was um, thankful for some profound things that we're going to be looking at uh, this morning. But uh, Thanksgiving reminds us to be thankful for even the little things. And it reminds me of a senior adult who was uh, thankful for this little thing. And this is what he said. He said, I sure have gotten old. I've had two bypass surgeries, a hip replacement, new knees. I fought prostate cancer and diabetes. I'm half blind, can't hear anything quieter than a jet engine. Take 40 different medications that make me dizzy, winded, and subject to blackouts. Have bouts with dementia have poor circulation, hardly feel my hands and feet anymore, can't remember if I'm 85 or 92, have lost all my friends, but thank God I still have my California driver's license. (laughs) And probably driving a 40-foot motorhome, too, down the freeway. Well, uh, Thanksgiving is an opportunity to stop and give thanks uh, for the Lord and his many blessings to us. And uh, next Thursday, we're going to get up from the table after a fabulous feast, after having giving thanks to the Lord, and then we're probably going to pull out catalogs and start mapping our strategy for the next day, or even even that evening, uh, for all the, the things that we don't have, and we've got to get the best deal in town. Well, as we look at um, David's uh, psalm this morning, uh, we're not looking at a Christmas catalog, but we're looking at God's catalogs, catalog of his mercies in our life. And so if you have your Bibles... I'm going to look at verses 1 through 4. And uh, James, I don't know if I'm hot up here, but if you can turn me down a little bit, um, that will help me. But David says this in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. We could go on in this passage of Scripture this morning, but we're going to just uh, look at four benefits that uh, David mentions this morning. And the first benefit is leading to what we are going to be observing this morning in the Lord's Supper. But David says in verse 3, who forgives all your iniquity. David begins the psalm by focusing his soul, helping his soul to see the blessings of the Lord. And then he invites us into those blessings in verse 3 when he says, who forgives all your iniquity. This is the first thanksgiving or the thir- first blessing of, the, of God's catalog. 
Iniquities is a strong word. It's more than just, it's not that he forgives your mistakes. No, when the word, we see the word iniquity, it means that God forgives all our ingrained perversity. All the bentness of our being that wants to do wrong. That is selfish and focused on the self. David says he forgives all, all our iniquity. Not just some, but all of it. And to what extent does he forgive our iniquity? Well, look at verse 12 of chapter 103. David says, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. David doesn't mention as far as the north is from the south. If you go in the, in the direction of north on this planet, that is a finite distance. Because when you get to the North Pole, guess what? You're going to begin traveling south. David doesn't mention north and south. David mentions east and west. And east and west have no endings. You keep going east and you will forever be going east. The same with west. And David says that's how far he has removed our iniquities from us. The second benefit that we see is in verse 3. Where David says, who heals all your diseases. God has healed all our afflictions and adversities. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Who heals all your diseases? That's a hard, that's a hard phrase to swallow. Because we all know people whom God hasn't healed their diseases here on earth. And for some people, that has led to discouragement and they've wandered from the faith. You know, it's easy, it's easy for pastors to look at that verse and overpromise to people what God does. And um, the prosperity gospel crowd preachers have overpromised on that verse. How do you square that verse with life? Because he doesn't always heal. What David is saying in this passage of scripture is the the context of this verse is in forgiveness. And when it comes to to sin, God wants to restore, he wants to heal, he wants to forgive our sin. And sometimes in the poor choices that we make in life, it affects us. Physically. And there's some of you this morning, God hasn't healed 
Because you haven't come clean with God and you are still hiding in your iniquities. This affected David's life. It affected him not only spiritually, but it affected him uh, physically. Psalm 32. It's not in your outline this morning, but look at Psalms 32, verses 1 through 5. This was after David's sin with Bathsheba. David says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. David was miserable. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. God restored David. God healed David Not just spiritually, but physically, emotionally. And that's what David is referring to when he heals all your diseases. He doesn't just do this for people automatically. It's in relationship to those who fear him. Look at verse 13 of 103. The Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Verse 17. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. On who? Those who fear him. Verse 18. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. Those whom God blesses, whom God heals. So when we talk about the blessings of God, what we have to be thankful for, what David's thankful for here this morning, these aren't universal blessings for everybody. But they're available to those who fear Him, who want to obey. So David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Don't forget all his benefits. He pardons our sin. He heals. Number three, he's redeemed us from the pit. Look at verse four. Who redeems your life from the pit? I'm not sure that we fully appreciate the extent that Jesus did went to to redeem us. The Bible says that Jesus shed his very blood that our sin, our iniquity might be covered. And some people think, how can how can God the Father 
do that to his son. You need to understand the Trinity, church. Jesus is God. Jesus, God came, manifested, manifested himself in the flesh as Jesus Christ. It was God who took the punishment for our sin. Nothing else would appease his holiness, his righteousness, only himself dying on the cross for us could satisfy the heart of God. That's what God did for us. He took the punishment. He humiliated himself. The Bible says he redeems your life from the pit. He rescued us from the pit. God didn't use a rope and throw it down and hope that we would grab hold of it of it and pull us out. You know, no, no, the New Testament is very clear. Jesus went into the pit himself and lifted us out of it because we were dead. We were spiritually dead. We couldn't grab the rope. And I want you to think about this for a moment. And I'm going to try to be as um, unoffensive as possible. The Bible says in John chapter 19, verses 29 and 30. Let me turn there for a minute. John 19. Jesus is on the cross. Jesus is fulfilling scripture in the book of Psalms. When he says he thirsts. But look at verse... um, 28. I'm sorry, I'm in Acts. John 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. And a jar full of sour wine stood there. So that they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I've heard of a a, of a couple well-known pastors talk about this verse. And you need to understand the, uh, the cultural um, background of the sponge. What was the sponge? The sponge was used as toilet paper. And servants 
would have a hyssop branch with a sponge on the end. And they would, the slaves, the servants, would be cleaning those who use the facilities. And I don't want to get any more graphic than that. Jesus thirsted. And the Roman soldiers took a sponge that was on the end of a hyssop branch. And I can't help but believe it wasn't a brand new sponge. Jesus was dying as a criminal in the eyes of the people. He was innocent. They said he thirsted. And the very last taste that Jesus would have in his mouth before he said it was finished was of that sour wine on that sponge. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, left heaven's glory, clothed himself in flesh, became one of us, and he humbled himself to the point of death. An undignified death. Jesus went to the pit for your redemption, for my redemption. David says, Blessed be the Lord. Forget not all of his benefits, who has redeemed your life from the pit. And last, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. This Jesus, whom we worship, surrounds us with love and compassion. Our God, our great and faithful high priest who sits at the right hand of the Father and intercedes for you and I. He's not far removed from your circumstances. He is intimate. He is personal. He is Emmanuel. God with us. This is the God that we serve. And so I want us to bow our heads. And I want us to prepare our hearts that we not forget those benefits that are ours in Christ. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship. Lord, you have given us this ordinance as a reminder that we won't forget. And I thank you, Lord, for this simple but yet profound opportunity to worship you intimately.
the length that you went to to give us life, new life, forgiveness, complete forgiveness. Lord, I pray for each person in this room this morning. If they don't know you, that Lord, today would be the day of their salvation. If that's you this morning, cry out in your seat right where you're at. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I do believe what you did on my behalf. I give my life to you. If that's the cry of your heart, God says he hears that prayer. And you have the right to become, to be called the son or daughter of God. And you can partake in this supper. Because Jesus did this for you. Father, bless this time of worship and preparation as we remember in Christ's name.